Hi everyone. I'm um, I'm living in a place where there's some background noise and it's hard to get around that so I just decided to go ahead and record this anyway because I had some really interesting thoughts this morning. Um, it was about caregiving. I was reading my intro to my book and I'm writing a book about caregivers. Well, it's, it's a story, it's my story, incorporated in all I've learned over the years uh, with caregiving to help caregivers uh, function better, be more organized. And you know, as I'm reading the intro to my book, I started feeling the emotional, the emotions come up again. And I, I thought, you know, I'm just gonna write the word cry right next to this because it's like I need to give myself permission because I always feel like, Sam, what if someone's doing an interview with you or asking you about your book and you start crying every time you talk about this one aspect of your caregiving journey? And I thought to myself, oh, see, there's the background noise. <laughs> it's a care- it's a, an airplane. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I think that it, it's, I'm li- I chose to live in a trailer uh, to write my, my book. And it's because I wanted to live in a sunny location. So I'm living in central Oregon. And uh, the reason why I chose this place is because it's not too far from where my, my daughters live. And it's in a sunny location. I love to enjoy all the seasons. But we live in a, a place, I, this trailer is is new, and it's falling apart left and right. So I'm, I'm always facing new challenges here. And I thought, oh, life will be easier. And I'll just go write my book and do my podcast in a quiet location. <laughs> so anyway, I explain all that. Just so you know, if you hear noises, it's because I'm living in a, in a trailer right now. And um, it's really nice and secluded. I love it. And I'm able to focus. So uh, let me get back to what I was talking about. I was reading the intro to my book. And there's this part where I start crying every time I read it. And part of the uh, journey of writing this book has taken me long, a long time. Because there's so much... Uh, emotional stuff that comes up because my journey with mom was very painful going through what I went through uh, let's start all back up to where um, it happened in the year 2005 the year that my after 14 years of marriage my husband said I'm out of here excuse me he wasn't we didn't have the best marriage we had been going to several counselors but what happened was um, he had he'd struggled with something that was affecting our marriage and we had to he he didn't want to continue working on it and we were trying hard but he decided that he wanted to leave and he didn't give me any warning he in fact was still remodeling our house when he was there Um, so I just assumed he was gonna stick it out a little longer our kids were about five and seven and um, so when he left it was not in a good spirit he had an attitude of <clears throat> I'm going to make your life um, a living hell if, because I'm mad at you for not putting up with what I'm doing here. And I, <clears throat> you know, after I had a pretty rough life growing up anyway, so I was like, you know, there's nothing you can do to me that you haven't already done. <laughs> so carry on and I'm going to take my two kids and I'm homeschooling them and we're going to just move on and my mom's going to help me. Uh, she's my best friend and we have each other and we're going to do just fine. But what happened was different than that. What happened was my mother, within the same month of my husband walking out of the door of our three-bed, three-story brand new home filled with stuff, and I was in severe chronic pain and going to physical therapy, trying to recuperate from an automobile accident. And the automobile accident was pretty traumatic already. I was on pain medication, I had a surgery on my foot, 
And then I had to undergo surgery for a total hysterectomy because I had severe endometriosis. Was told I couldn't even have kids. So I, I say all that to say the background, just explain the situation I was in when I found out the news, okay? That my mom came over and it suddenly all the answers to the questions I had about why she wasn't coming over. She wasn't coming over like she did almost every night after work. She was just forgetting. And, and I went to her apartment and I noticed this. Her, I never will forget the horrific scene of walking into her apartment, going to her dining room table and seeing a trillion post-it notes everywhere on her table. I mean, on everything on the table. And then I went to her bathroom and Lana, her mirror had so many post-it notes and they were all repeating the same thing. I was horrified. I thought, how, what is going on? So when mom came over one night after work, she said she was diagnosed with severe onset early dementia. Well, I knew that she was traumatized because a month earlier she had experienced something so traumatic that affected her, that caused her dementia that came on so sudden. Mom hadn't seen a counselor. Mom wouldn't go see counselors. She basically just kept working and trying to st stuff it all inside. And what happened is her brain coped by shutting down and she ended up with severe dementia. She lost her job immediately. Uh, she came to me for help. And um, what happened after that was the worst thing, the worst thing that could happen. At a time like that, when you need help and you're desperate for help, I was already in shock that my mom was so forgetful. She was coming over and she was acting erratically. She was really irritable and her mood changed. And I was like, what is wrong with you? You know, we were fighting all the time, arguing about everything. And it was over little things. And I thought, this is not mom. So she asked me to help her. And so I became her healthcare representative. And I went to a few doctor's appointments with her. And the moment we did that, mom learned that she needed to have help, and that was with guardianship. They told her and me both right away, she needs me to help her with guardianship. She didn't have any other family to help her. My sister and my brothers were living their lives, and they were out of state or far away, and they weren't interested in, in helping her. They didn't understand at the time that she actually needed the help she needed. I explained it, but they didn't believe me. And because mom looked great. Mom looked super, super great. She was 59, beautiful. She looked young for her age. Everybody thought she was about 40. And um, I just thought, you know, this is really tough because the doctor's saying she needs guardianship. She looks great. When we go to the appointments, they literally would look at her and talk to her and ask her questions based on how she looked. And I'd, I'd be in the background looking and I'm like, no, 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 she's not getting it. She's not hearing you or she won't remember what you're saying. You need to talk to me. And they thought, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, I'm talking to her. And I thought, no, I'm here because she has dementia. Didn't you read her notes in her file before we came in here? You know, you're the ones who diagnosed her. So I started demanding that they help her more because they weren't testing. They weren't giving her a brain scan. They were wishy-washy about her diagnosis. I was trying to get her on Medicaid. I couldn't get her on Medicaid because they said she didn't have Alzheimer's and that she wasn't severely in need. I said, well, she lost her job. There was this whole struggle with just getting her on Medicaid. And what happened then was I said, okay, I have, gar I have no guardianship. 
Uh, I can't force anything on mom, but mom was desperate in need of help. And what happened is somebody at her work, one of her old friends at work, uh, shared that mom was struggling. And this, this lady, I don't even want to call her a lady because what she did to mom was terrific and to our family. But what she did was she started befriending my mother. And when you're in a state of, well, you're, you're diagnosed with dementia or Alzheimer's, it, Everyone handles it differently, but generally what happens is there's a sense of paranoia that happens, there's a sense of insecurity, there's fear, and you want to stay independent and you're fearful that you're going to be locked up in a mental hospital. I mean, mom was diagnosed with bipolar also later on, so all that played into it. So I would, mom would come over and we'd plan on making an appointment, we'd go to her doctor's appointment, and I started noticing that she wasn't asking me and she was missing her appointments, and then when I'd go to the appointments maybe once, the doctor would say, what about your friend to my mom? And I say, what friend? And she says, because mom didn't have only just a couple friends at her work. You know, the lady who brought your mom to the last appointment, and I said, I don't even know who you're talking about. And mom just looked at me like, I don't remember. <clears throat> I learned that this lady was a former worker of hers at the pharmacy and she, I'm just going to call her Dory instead of her real name. So Dory took mom to her appointments and she literally became her healthcare representative. She had mom sign the paper so she could go with her and and she said, I will help you out so you don't have to depend on your daughter for that. Well. It wasn't that mom didn't still care about me or love me. She was my best friend. We we did everything together. It was that she didn't want to be a burden to me. She knew that I was going through my divorce. Uh, and she was terrified for me because she knew the pain I was in. She knew I was homeschooling my kids, that I didn't have any support. My friends had all left because our marriage was so bad that they couldn't see why I stayed with him. And a lot of these things happen when you're in a poor marriage. You lose friendships and you know, um, they didn't understand that I had pain all the time either. And when you, if you live in chronic pain, you understand that your friends will leave you. When they understand, you can't do things anymore. You, They don't understand. They think a lot of it's in your head. And I had a, I found out later I was diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which is a collagen disorder that is hereditary. I also have Crohn's disease and have had that for years. So I had these things I didn't get diagnosed till. I was 52 years old. Mom just knew I always struggled with pain. So she didn't want to be a burden. So she said to look to, to Dory, um, I want you to help me. I don't want Sam to help me because she has too much going on. And Dory was, I found out later, mentally disturbed herself that she had been in trouble at work all the time for stirring up trouble with people. That's all I heard about her. And I only met her once. And I thought, mom always brings her friends over. Like from work, they'd come over, we'd have barbecues. Any friend of mom's ended up being a friend of mine. And because we were just all so close. And she had a few friends from her work that came over, but this one didn't come over. And I thought, what's up with this gal? I need to meet her. So she'd bring mom over after work to run in and maybe drop something off for the girls, like stickers. She'd bring stickers home for the, the kids. And she used to stay, but this time she's just coming in and then leaving. And I'm like, mom, the kids miss you. What's going on? Oh, I'm going out with Dory. We're going to go have a you know, a dinner together. And I'm like, okay, but you have dementia. You just lost your job. What are you doing? Like, we need to talk. And she just would get more and more upset with me the more I brought it up with her. I'm like, you can't pay rent. You have no, what are you going to do? She, oh, Dory's helping me with that. You don't have to do that anymore. I was devastated because I thought, oh my God, mom 
is trusting a complete stranger because she's not in the right state of mind and what can I do about it? Well, I went out to meet the gal and she was sitting in the car. She didn't come in and I met her and she had sunglasses on and I couldn't hardly see her face, but I was like, hi, nice to meet you. Want to come on in inside? And she didn't want to come in. They were in a hurry every time she came by, but she never came into my house and I suspected it. So I was trying to rationalize and reason with my mom who was in a complete shutdown of the brain. So I tried talking with her doctors. And what happened was the worst thing happened. The worst thing happened was uh, Dory went to the doctor with my mom and they told the doctor that they didn't want me involved in mom's care. They together told the doctor this because they didn't want me interfering. Dory, because she was attempting to to steal my mom's um, her money and her medication, we found out later. Also, mom just didn't want to be a burden and thought, I've got this lady from work. I've known her for a while. I trust her. She's going to take care of me. And it's really nice of her and people are that way because mom was always very gullible. I mean, I love her to pieces, but she so, was always so vulnerable and gullible. That's why she stayed, was married to my dad for 16 years as an alcoholic. Um, she was always very insecure, but she was just a beautiful lady and everyone liked her. But this lady just honed in on her and took advantage of it. Um, but what happened is I started, mom would come to me periodically and say, Sam, uh, I need your help. Can you go to this appointment with me? Dory can't go. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going. And so I was going to go. And then right before the appointment, I'd go pick up mom and she'd be gone. And I'd be, this happened so often, I was like really frustrated that she would just go with Dory. The minute Dory found out she had an appointment, she'd say, I'll take you. And she'd just pick her up. So what happened is mom's caseworker at the hospital wouldn't talk to me anymore. And then mom's doctor didn't. And I, when I did get back, mom's gar- mom actually was able to change her healthcare representative six different times and not one red flag to a doctor. Not, not one person at this hospital, a large hospital. And, and it's, a, it's a large hospital that's had a history and of trouble and being sued a lot and they revamped their whole system. But I'll tell you what, this hospital just destroyed my mom's life. At that point, they just, they didn't take any precautions. They were, they were using precautions against me, the only person who was able to help mom, who wanted to help her in our family, her family. So I talked to the doctor and the more upset I became with them about this happening, because the time was running out, the more I looked like the daughter that was impatient or vocal and <clears throat> dominating, <coughs> excuse me. Um, but of course, my mom's life was spinning out of control. I was going through a divorce. I had to buy a house and get out of there, get mom in some, some care. So things were spinning out of control. So they just thought that I was um, probably not fit to be the person taking care of mom anyway. And it was like, why? When I asked them, they just said, well, she's doing okay with this other gal. If she chooses that, that's her choice. And it came down to really what was mom's choice. But mom wasn't in the state of mind where she could even work. She lost her job. They dismissed her because she had dementia. But they're saying that she can control her life and make choices. So I literally just decided to take my mom to the beach. So we went to the beach to get away, uh, just to talk and have a good time. And she was, she actually went with us. I was really excited because she was still coming over, but by herself. And in, in between that time with uh, Dory taking over with mom's care, I literally took those times when mom was there at my house 
to ask her if I could help her, which she was so vulnerable and forgot that she was having Dory do stuff, she'd say, sure, Sam, that's great, thank you. And I'd call, and I found out that um, her life insurance policy, where she did all her banking, they had Dory listed as her contact, her emergency contact. She had, had mom switch all that out. And I couldn't do a thing about it. I called the police. I called uh, Department of Human Services. Everybody I called said, your mother is, if you don't have guardianship or a POA, you can't do anything to help her. And I said, well, can I file a restraining order against this lady? And they said, no, you can't because your mother has to do it. I said, well, she's not been, she's been diagnosed with dementia. And then they say, but her doctor needs to be the one to do that. Well, the doctor was okay with mom seeing this total stranger. And uh, and it was just like, I was just appalled. I, I didn't know what else to do. I couldn't do anything. So I took mom to the beach, trying to reason with her. And uh, she just kept, she loved the freedom she had with Dory because she made her feel like there's nothing wrong with her. She goes, Sam, it's not that bad. I'm like, mom, you have dementia. You can't even remember anything you you can't she she was in such denial and then she started thinking maybe sam is trying to control my life you know like dory's saying and and so i pulled back and just said you know let it be uh but what happened when we went to the beach let it be in, as far as be calmer and just not talk about it as much with mom we went to the beach and mom was had a manic episode and she was f- screaming in the hotel room and I don't remember what triggered it but she wanted to go for a walk and I said mom I have to get the kids ready and she said I'll go by myself and I was like no you won't remember how to get back here I couldn't say that to her but she got upset with me and she started screaming and then she said let me out of this hotel room and I had to let her out and then she ran in front of a car and I screamed mom and she just about got hit by a car and she got mad at me for yelling at her and she went to the main desk and I tried explaining to them what was going on and they're like this is really tough your mom has dementia she looks great she was just down here talking to us about what was going on and said that you were yelling at her and I said uh, no, she almost got hit by a car. I'm having a hard time. And they were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry you're going through this. But she just took the bus back home. And I'm like, she took the bus, a two-hour drive bus back home? So basically, that's what happened. I was at my wit's end at that point. I thought, okay, mom. I mean, part of me knew like she couldn't control what she was doing. But the other part of me wondered how much of this did she understand that she was doing? You know, so I just said, fine, I'm going to finish this trip with my kids. The divorce papers, I had to deal with that. I had to deal with my pain. I had to deal with surgery. My, I just found out my dad passed away uh, two weeks after that, too. And I was like going through all this stuff. I said, screw it. I'm going to go to the beach and keep on beaching, man, with my kids. So we went to the beach, and one really wonderful thing happened. We uh, went to uh, a beach nearby in Washington, and we walked on the beach. And as we, I was in tears, I was just like, I've got to let this out. The kids are running around, and I'm dropping shells so they could pretend to find the shells, you know. And all of a sudden, I looked over, and there's hundreds of silver dollars or sand dollars, hundreds of them. It was almost like a sign from God to me saying, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, Sam. And we had a good time at the beach, got home. I wasn't worried. I just said, you know, I have to just let this go. Uh, So then uh, what I did is I decided to move 20 minutes away from mom. So I could leave this space where she couldn't keep coming over. Because she was coming over, forgetting she was there on an hourly basis. And I was, there was nothing I could do. And the stress was so high, she wouldn't let me help her. 
so I, I moved 20 minutes away where she wouldn't remember how to get there. She couldn't go there because she couldn't drive anymore either. And so I had to be more in control when she could come over. So what happened was she thought I moved far away from her because I was mad at her. And really what it was is my realtor said, Sam, you can afford a house out here, which is 20 minutes away from the city. You're still close to mom. Mom wasn't understanding or remembering anything. And she thought I got mad at her, I think. I think I think that's what she thought, is that I was mad at her. She remembered vaguely that we got in a fight at the beach. And so what happened was, this is what happened. That was the most terrifying, terrifying thing that happened to me. In my new home, we were there. Uh, I think it was the first week we were there. And I know I'm kind of summarizing all this because it's a long story. But I'm going to put this on a part two for the next episode because this is such a long podcast. I want to stop right here. I want to do a recap, okay? Mom at 2004, 59 years of age, gets sudden onset dementia. It's not Alzheimer's. It's dementia. She needs 24-hour care. My husband of 14 years leaves. I have a total hysterectomy. I am in severe pain from a car accident. Uh, still recovering from the total, my car was totaled, Um, have to sell a three-story house, get rid of everything on my own because he said, I'm not dealing with any of it. I don't want to, he didn't even take pictures of our family with him. He didn't want any remembrance or anything of our past. He didn't take pictures of his kids. He didn't take anything with him. He said, you deal with the whole thing. That was how he was starting that journey of kicking me when I was down. And I thought, fine, I will deal with this. That's where I was at. And then my dad passed away. And when I went to go see my dad, I was trying to take care of the family. And my oldest brother got upset with me when I said something. He was, on, he, was, he was really upset that my dad had passed away. And I wasn't real close to my dad, but I loved him. And we were trying. Um, but my dad was a very controlling, dictating former alcoholic, but he was very verbally abusive. And he targeted me a lot because I stood up against him. And I was the one who wouldn't be, wouldn't put up with this crap. And so um, what happened was that night when I asked my brother if he was going to help get ready for the ceremony and things, he got upset with me and he barreled down the hall and just pounded me in the middle of my back. And I landed face down on the floor in front of my kids who'd never seen a violent act in their life. So I was lying flat on the floor in pain as this 300 pound guy my brother pounded me in the back landed on my face I called the police he called the police too and said that I did something to him so I had no support I got in my car it was freezing cold snow went to a hotel my ex-husband picked up the kids and I stayed in a hotel for a one night by myself and that's when I went back to face what happened with mom and that's when Dory stepped in this lady who was a former co-worker of hers who was out to control mom's life in order to get her Medicaid to get her money to get her pills which she did get some but that story's coming up on the next episode so I hope that you guys stay tuned Uh, you're just hearing my story Uh, I'm talking about my book and what really inspired me to write it and I was reading it the the introduction today and I thought to myself why am I crying still because I'm proud of myself I felt so such an immense amount of amazement in myself and I thought I'm gonna tell people it's okay to feel amazed at yourself when you overcome stuff you should feel amazed 
you should feel so proud. I know that people will say, well, the Bible says, and you're supposed to be humble and all that. I believe we're supposed to be humble when we approach God as a kid to a parent. But I don't believe that we're supposed to be humble in every situation. When we're proud of our work, we should say it. I think we need to have confidence. That's what we work so hard to achieve. Why shouldn't we celebrate it? So I'm in a place now where I'm celebrating my life even more than ever. And mom is a huge factor in that, what happened to her. So stay tuned to the next chapter, the next episode, because I'm going to share what happened next after that beach trip. And after Dory stepped in, she did something that threw, took my family and threw it in upside down and turned everything around for mom. It was devastating. So stay tuned. And if you want to learn more about me and you want to sign up to get my book, it's at www.samdam.com, S-A-M-D-A-M-M, com you'll see the link and what i'm doing is i'm offering a chance for you to get um to subscribe and then what i'll do is i won't i won't bombard you with emails i'm going to just put you on the list for when my book is coming out this year i will get the book to you okay so that's what that's for and also there's plenty of help for caregivers on there and i'm starting a blog so just getting out there and trying to help caregivers who need it the most. But remember, it's okay to celebrate your victories. It's okay to be proud of yourself and be amazed at yourself. It's all right. I think that's great. You guys take care and don't forget to ever, ever forget to include yourself in the care you give. Okay, bye-bye.